0: Hey everyone, Um, I figured it would probably be a good time to give you an update on um, my court sessions and um, how things are kind of progressing through the system, um, everything else, so um, I figured I would take some time to do that. Um, This kind of stuff hopefully will still be helpful to those that are um, either planning on going through a divorce process or already have gone through the divorce, not already have, but, um, you know, it's relatable to those that have already have, I'm sure. Um, but those that are planning on um, either escaping and inevitably having to go through court, if you have children with your narcissist or anything like that, these are some things that you can kind of expect. Um, I think the biggest thing that you can expect from a narcissist is to not know what what the hell's going to happen. Uh, that's that's kind of you never know when it's going to happen. Um, I think the the sporadic um, the sporadic nature of a narcissist is is something that can easily start to lead to mental fog, um, get you off your game, um, change the subject, uh, twist your words, twist the truth. Um, it's going to be very, very, very important for you to set boundaries, and that's what I'm trying incredibly desperately to do. Um, do have my moments of weakness. Um, where I probably speak more than I should, um, to her, but like in, in messages and stuff, um, just too wordy. I, I don't, I don't feel that that is even something that's, that's deserving personally. I don't think that your breath should even be wasted on, um, your narcissist, but As it sits right now with courts we we have to use this app called our family wizard and by utilizing that app um, even if there are words or phrases or anything of that nature that can um, you know it can be red flagged if the phrases are considered to be too aggressive so <clears throat> that's a positive because the courts can monitor it. The judge can look at it. The referees can look at it um, and that stuff. So uh, I feel like that has helped to a degree with the back and forth. Um, but it still doesn't stop the nitpicking that has been going on. Um, for instance, I have support payments that I have to pay her per court order every Friday and then every Friday afternoon if she hasn't received the money by Friday afternoon she's texting me reminder support payment and I'm just kind of like the day's not even done yet so you'll get it when you get it and maybe that's me just being irritated but you know. It's just kind of like, if I miss the day, then you can message me. Hey, could I get the money? But the day's not over yet. So then she goes and tells her lawyer, oh, I have to ask every week. Every week I have to ask him for support payments. And then she's emailing my lawyer and my lawyer's like, I thought you've been paying her on time. And I'm like, I have been paying her on time. So it's just, um, if she chooses to be an asshole and ask for it, and give me reminders. That's her choice to give me reminders. That's not any of my, that's not my fault. I mean, she got paid, didn't she? So what's the problem here? So last time when we were in court, a lot of it revolved around, um, homeschooling and stuff like that. Not so much this time. Um, although it was a topic and, uh, I think that the kids need to be tested by state testing requirements, which sucks because I still feel that if I do the state testing for the kids and she um, is proactive and does it, I don't trust that she won't be there with him doing these timed tests to get him a better grade to make it seem like he's smarter than he actually is. I'm actually really worried about that um, because she's claiming that my um, son is, you know, years ahead, years, grades above where he should be, but he's in seventh grade and I've been doing math with him and he can't even do, you know, additions of fractions without having to really think about it and try to figure out the common denominator and things like that, which is something you learn early on in seventh grade. And he can't do that. Um, He's still writing with two hands a lot of times. He's been working really hard on writing with one hand, but he holds his pencil too high. And then he uses his other hand as a stabilizer instead of how one would normally hold a pencil. Um, Because he doesn't, write and she's never, you know, told him to write. And when I was there, I was I was kind of a stickler for it, but I would get ridiculed um by her saying it's not a big deal, just he can figure it out. Let him do what he's gotta do. Like he'll he'll figure out how to write properly. And it's just like kind of leaving him to his own devices, kind of this, you know, quote unquote unschooling type um Stuff so, so I'm a lot more strategic, I'm a lot more um, structured when it comes to how I, I learn, how I think that you know he should be learning. Um, and I think there could be subjects that he is excelling at. I'm not doubting that, but I don't think that he's on par with some of the simple basics. Um, My six-year-old, about to be seven, who's in first grade, doesn't know his alphabet past G. And I've been saying it with him. He's doing work on the computer um, that's requiring him to alphabetize words. Um, And he's asking me for help. And, of course, I'm helping him. But, you know, every single time I'm singing the ABCs with him and he doesn't ever go past G. So I wrote it down. We've been practicing doing our ABCs and he's in first grade. Um, and I'm like, how are you doing this otherwise? He's like, I just I just guess because the way the, the, the app is, he just drags the word over and it'll just move it back if it's wrong. So he just keeps dragging words over. So it's just he's basically just tricking the system into getting the words right you know, over time, so, um, that's not really learning how you should be learning, in my opinion, so, anyway, um, so there's that, I mean, there was, there was a day a few weeks back, a few weeks back at this point, that, um, when we first, when I first moved in, uh, she, the big holdup on the house was that she still had stuff in the basement, If you guys remember, um, if you listen to those episodes, she still had stuff in the basement. I was told I should not move in because she will try to, um, or she, there's, there's a high possibility when dealing with someone that's toxic that they will say that you damaged their property, that you took something that was not yours, um, and try to blame you for something. They could, you know, she could lose her grandmother's ring that was, you know an heirloom ring diamond ring that's you know estimated at five thousand dollars and blame me for it because she lost it so i wanted all of her stuff out now she still has a dresser in the basement even though she said oh there's a dresser in the basement so the judge gave her an extra day to get the dresser out of the basement guess what there's still a dresser in the basement there was also a dresser in the garage so i thought that was the one that you know, she wanted, but apparently there's still a dresser in the basement. Still a dresser in the basement, even though she claimed she got rid of it. That she took care of it. Not got rid of it, but took care of it. Um, so she's playing games. Prolonging the process. Um, and then the other part to that is, back before I moved in, she moved out the perennials from her flower farm that she created in the backyard that I have to deal with the mess for, Um, she created a- she took all the perennials out to move to her new place. Um, And I was not allowed to touch the yard until that was done. This has been an ongoing thing of like, when's it going to get done, when's it going to get done? I'm ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. So I finally get moved into the house you know, I'm in the house, it's getting warmer out and it's not, the ground's not frozen. So I go out there and I start ripping up, you know, a couple rows. I ripped up a couple rows while the kids were inside. I didn't do a lot. Um, cause the ground was really wet and, and my, my shoes were just getting, you know, completely drenched in, in, in mud. Like, so it wasn't really that workable for most of the, the backyard just because the, the soil and the mounds of dirt and everything else that she's, you know, decided to, collect back there, um, for her flower farm business. Um, side note, that's, that's, you know, narcissists love working alone. They love coming up with new projects and they love getting other people to supply the finances for those projects. Um, I actually lost my job a few years back and ended up buying a food truck because, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to open up a vegan food truck. Um, maybe that's a subject I'll go into deeper. I think I've touched on it before. Um, but I mean, it's just the finances that I dumped into that thing for it to go nowhere. And I, and I think there were at some level, I knew it was going to go nowhere. Um, there was a conscious level Of understanding in my head that if this actually works, like I'm fucked, like I'm going to be miserable because she's going to railroad every idea that I have, every thought that I have, every recipe that I have, any kind of way that I want to go about marketing. She's just going to completely want things done her way. Um, I ended up spending $5,000 on a promotional video for the food truck for GoFundMe. We ended up making, like, $5,500. Once GoFundMe took their 10%, I was back to $5,000. So she needed it to be a professional videographer. And she had a guy, he charged me $5,000. Um, so I literally broke even and just wasted a shit ton of time. Um, it was pretty awful. So, I mean, I guess I lost money on it because then I had to give, you know, gifts to people. I sent them t-shirts of the bank of the brand and the logo. And that's the other thing too. She had me doing all the bullshit grunt work. So the name of the food truck had the word gypsy in it. Um, and it was a vegan food truck. And there were people that do not like the term gypsy, which at the time I, I, I did not know this, but you know, it's definitely culturally insensitive. Um, because gypsies are not, from Egypt, but they're, they're, they they're were nomads, um, you know, mainly from, like, Romania area, and uh, <laughs> um, when they started to move um, towards Europe and European countries, um, they said that they, they thought they were from Egypt, or they looked like they were Egyptian, or something similar to Native Americans being called Indians. I mean, it's, this, it's the same thing, um, and so they started calling them gypsies um and so it's more of a it's it's a it's a hate hateful term for um that culture um and so i did not know this it's like romany culture and so there was a history teacher who was at the college in our city that saw our food truck and they started harassing um our page and getting other people to harass the page and sending a bunch of emails saying that we're, we're racist. Um, and she, and I was like, why don't we change the name? Why don't I call the person that did the logo? Like, let's just change the name. Like we're a vegan food truck. We should be culturally sensitive. Um, that's the whole point is, is bringing harmony to the world through a vegan food truck, you know? Um, that's kind of like that whole ambiance, but I mean of course I didn't say it just like that. I'm like, I don't think it's a big name to change the name. I don't think it's a big deal to change the name. Um and she um just lit into me, you know, and she got me to do her dirty work. So she didn't field any of the bullshit. She didn't field any of the emails about people calling us racists. Um I was. I was trying to put out the fires. I was the the PR person, you know. I was, <laughs> I was the person speaking for her, when I didn't even believe it was the right move myself. And you know, then there's also your your people that are like, oh, screw them, whatever." Like they're not gonna do it. It's like, but they're gonna, they they were threatening to protest at the food truck, like as we're trying to start a business that's about like. Peace and love and harmony and all this stuff like doing a vegan food truck and we're gonna have people protesting that we're racists Um, and that we're culturally insensitive like this just it didn't seem like a battle that was worth fighting when you're just a Couple that's trying to get up and get your business off the ground But she never backed down from that name. She wanted that name She wanted that name that was that was her vision and she wanted me to put out her fire She wanted me to handle the bullshit she doesn't have to handle it. So she had me, I was her supporting role. I was her supporting cast member that she, I was the fall guy, you know, I had to do all the bullshit. And she got to sit up on her pedestal, you know, in her grandiose sense of self, looking down on her minions, doing her bidding, you know? So Um, I kind of went on a tangent there about the food truck, but you know, the, the flower farm, I pretty much invested all my time and energy into converting my entire backyard into a flower farm, um, which, you know, I brought mountains of, of dirt back there and made rows and rows, and planted the seeds and made sure that it was watered every day on time, on top of working 40 hours a day, on top of watching the kids. I would water, water it every morning. I'd get up at 6 a.m. to do stuff, and if I fell asleep at night without rubbing her back, she would hit me awake. She'd shove me or elbow me and ridicule me for being such a lazy piece of shit and not putting enough time and that I didn't care about her enough. You know, so there's just this constant changing of the goalposts and nothing's ever enough. I'm sure you guys have heard it before, but I mean, it was, it was like that for, couple of years while she was getting that started. And that business started as a different business that I invested a ton of money into. And it was, you know, women's beauty products and bath bombs and bath soaks and, um, coffee scrubs and, you know, some sugar scrubs and stuff for your face. And guess who was, guess who was making those? I was, and she wanted to do these promotional things with these, you know, bigger companies. There was one called vegan cuts, I believe was the name of it. And we did all these coffee scrubs and these tiny little tins, um, to put in their sample boxes. Cause they would send out sample boxes of new vegan products every, you know, month. Um, and I want to say there was 1500 of them that I had to do, and I had to label them all in all the labels. That was so much money buying 1500 little tins Even at wholesale with so much money. And then all the products and ingredients that that go into it. I mean, I probably dumped $1,000 just into that for free. You know, she initially told me she was going to get paid for it. Apparently there's a dog barking outside. But she initially told me that we were going to get paid for it. And then she said, it's going to be worth it. You know, when my product gets out there and people see my product and they try it, then it's going to be worth it. This is... This is an, an expense that's going to come back to us. I'll pay you back, I promise. Yeah, I think, you know, where that's going. There's there's no payback, for sure. Um, so, um, anyway. Sorry, the dog kind of threw me for a loop there. Um yeah, so back to where I'm at now. So, so the flower farm that I've got to now disassemble and somehow flatten the ground with mountains of dirt and seed and turn it back into grass. Um, I, I took down a couple of rows with the boys when they were with me. And, um, then she found out about it, um, and would say things in a really like kind of an intimidating way. She tried to make it seem like, um, she said she had proof that I was damaging her yard and it was $12,000 worth of products that were back there. And it's like, bitch, who gave you those products? Who paid for that? I did. Like all the shit that's back there, like most of it I paid for. So, you know, you can fuck right off your high horse, you know, but clearly I can't say that, but you know, you're damaging my products. You're doing this. And it's like, you were supposed to have this out and you told me that you had all your perennials out. She said, I had all of them that were out for that season. There's still more back there. I don't want you to touch anything until I remove them. And I was like, then you need to remove them because I need to fix the yard. Um, and then she basically said she'll get to it when she gets to it. It's not a necessity right now. You have more important things to concern you with your yourself with. You have the inside of the house that needs work. Um, so that's where you need to put your focus. So she's trying to tell me how I should do my time. So she's trying to still control me. I can't. And and, and so then she basically pulled up the agreement that said, you know, everything must be agreed upon. If there's any um, changes that need to be made, um, they just need to be agreed upon. And then... I looked at the wording and it's kind of like, shit, it is kind of worded like that, so what do I do? So then I'm like, so you expect me to agree? Like, if I want to sand the windowsills down from the cat scratches and paint them, I'm going to have to ask you about it. If you need me to, if I'm going to power wash the basement to get the soot off the ground from where the furnace was when the guy changed the furnace and got soot everywhere, I'm going to have to, you know, ask you for your approval um, painting the back steps, like just little things. There's just, there's tons of little things, which is going to require me to stay in communication with her, which is going to initiate more conflict because she wants me to communicate with her because the more I talk to her, the more time she has to manipulate, to intimidate, um, to control, um, and she needs to feel in control. And if I have to reach out to her and beg for her approval to do certain things, that's going to make her feel powerful. Um, So that made me pretty angry when I, A, realized that she lied and didn't move all of her stuff out. And B, um, realized the wording, now I can't do shit on the house. Now, our last court session, We were supposed to have the house ready by May 1st, and, you know, she wants it too. She wants it as soon as possible, but now she wants me to ask her approval for every single little thing, which is going to slow down the entire process because she doesn't respond to me unless she wants to respond to me. And so if I'm literally at the house ready to sand stuff down and she's not responding to me, then clearly that's gonna be a trigger and i'm going to be very angry <laughs> and i'm gonna sit there and just stare at the windowsill until she responds to me four hours later and then it's like well fuck you very much i'm already gone now like this is why you should just let me do the things i need to do like but no she needs the control like i i, I keep thinking about her Like. Like, I'm dealing with a logical person, but I'm clearly not dealing with a logical person. Um, we're dealing with a narcissist. And if you've ever been in this situation, you're probably relating. Um, everything is like pulling teeth. So now I'm going to stand still on the house. The judge wanted this tied up. So the judge is not going to be happy about this. So I called my lawyer. We talked for a long time just on this subject. And I gave him a list of all the things that need to be repaired. And he reached out to her lawyer. Of course, they waited till the very last minute, the day of the hearing rolls around and then she decides to bring up everything. She said, Oh, I haven't talked to my client yet. I haven't talked to my client yet. Like he was trying to get things together. And let's get this agreed upon. Let's get it agreed upon now so he can start working on the house before the meeting. Um, and then, you know, in during the meeting, she says she doesn't want him to touch the yard. She doesn't want to touch the yard. She wants it reseeded. I don't even know what the fuck that means. She wants it reseeded, and neither of us are to touch the yard? Reseeded with what? The entire backyard is just mounds of dirt rows. There's like rows of dirt that are elevated off the ground all over the backyard from where these flowers were. Like there's very few walkways that have grass on them. So are we reseeding it with flowers? Are we reseeding it with grass? Is she trying to find a way to keep those flowers going and sneak over there when I'm not there and pick flowers and use them for her flower farm? Like, I don't understand what she's doing. Like that doesn't even make sense. And of course, you know, I don't have a chance to to give a response because they're already in the meeting at that point. Um, So that doesn't make sense, for one. Um, Another one is the... uh, the basement... um, or the the housework. She said that we need a... um, She wants an estimate before I'm allowed to do anything, an estimate on what the total costs are going to be for all these updates that I'm saying need to be done. And it's like, I don't, there's no way for me to know that until I start doing it. Like I have sandpaper for the windowsills, I have paint, but I don't know if I'm going to need more paint. I don't know if I'm going to be able to just touch up the paint that's there. I'm going to have to putty holes in the wall from all the screw holes and everything else from the years of living there and having portraits up and different things. I'm going to have to putty all those. I don't know if the paint's even good anymore. I might need to go buy new paint. I might not need to buy new paint. I don't know. I won't know until I'm allowed to start doing shit. So there's no way for me to give any kind of estimate. And either way, if we need to sell the house, it needs to be done. I'm not going to go spend money frivolously because I'm not getting 100% of that money back from her. It's going to be split 50-50. So if I spend $500, then you know, when we sell the house, I'm going to get 250 from her and then I already paid 250. It's not like I'm still not spending money you know, I'm still spending it, and I don't have the money to be just throwing around to buy expensive shit for no reason. Like, this makes no sense. Like, why do you need an estimate from me to slow down the process and to be a pain in my fucking ass? That's why you need it. That's why you need it. So I'm sorry, guys, if I sound really bitter. Um, It's just been really difficult um, dealing with this. <sighs> And then on top of that, um, you know, they, you know, she has her nightly calls with the boys when they're with me. Uh, my son's been acting out a lot. My younger son, um, so he's been acting out a lot, and he wants more time with me. Um, he's been really scared. I don't know if I said that to you before, but um, he's been really scared that. There are, you know, uh, he's just afraid to be alone. There was a book that we read that was on one of these reading book apps, and it was like, "Ooh, I want to read spooky stories." And he read one, and it was it was for reading comprehension level of a second grader, which he does read really well. Um, So we read it, but it was more like haunted houses in America. And it was like real life haunted houses and some of the pictures were like really old, you know, 1900s, 1800s style homes. And um, and they, even though they were said in a way that was not so scary because it was still a book for a second grader, it really terrified him like to a really deep level. Um, and this was weeks ago, but ever since then... He will not leave my side when he's with me. So I'm with him for two days straight and he, like I sit down on the couch to do something and he'll sit down next to me, but he won't just sit next to me. He has to be touching me with multiple parts of his body. So he has to be sitting on my lap or he'll just lean his body onto me like really hard. Um, Sleeping, he's the same way. Even in his sleep, he's like on top of me. I have to move him over and if if he doesn't feel me touching him, he'll toss and turn and find me like, in his sleep, or he'll wake up and freak out, and, um, if I go to the bathroom, he's there. If I'm in the shower, he shuts the door and locks it, and I'll be in the shower, and he'll stay in the room with me and wait for me and just play on his phone or something like that while while I'm in there, um, but he won't leave me alone, um, which is, I don't mind him being there, I'm just concerned about him. Um, So if any of you guys have any ideas for that one, feel free to email me. Um, I bought him a weighted blanket, that actually seemed to help, Um, I bought him um, that, and um, my partner made like a little spray, Um, so I'm going to try that, Um, you know, something to kind of clear the space and anything that could be there. I, I just, I feel like there's something in his head that freaks out. Um, so it's just really hard. And I've been talking to him about it a lot. I've been very kind and, and patient, and I'm sure with all the trauma and everything that's going on um, and not seeing me as much as he would like during the pandemic up to this point, I know that's really weighed heavily on him he's definitely a daddy's boy. Um so he uh <clears throat> he's also been crying a lot when I drop him off. Um he'll hide in the floorboard and say that he's embarrassed because he's crying. Um and says he just wants one more day with me. I just want an extra day like why why is it only 2 days? Why is it so short? I feel like it should be longer, you know, and just, you know, just legitimate for mental breakdown, almost, you know, tears, like uncontrollable, like he gets really upset. He doesn't want to be with mom. Um, and of course you're dealing with a narcissist who has an ego, you know, the size of New York city. Um, it's just kind of like, well, he's not ready to Well, what's going on, but she doesn't come up to the window anymore because I have set some good boundaries. Um, but that's hard. Um, So there's a lot of, of difficulty surrounding that stuff. Um, The, the, uh, the fact that my kids still haven't, you know, don't, don't really speak about my partner and my partner hasn't met them. That's, that's very difficult on our relationship. And I think it's, it's weighing heavily on us and putting some extra strain on us because of my narcissist. Um, although she is incredibly understanding and incredibly good to me, um, it's come out, you know, it's not, it's not a secret. Like, she's upset about it, you know, she feels that, that I have two separate lives. Um, and it's been advised to me by the courts that we need to get through all of this before introducing the kids, um, because, she's a narcissist and that will be used against me that I'm introducing to the kids, to them in the wrong way or this way or that way. It's a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's just, it's just difficult. Um, I'm making it, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of really good things too. Um, I'm working out a lot. Apparently I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I work out every morning or evening. Um, I'm going to start going to two workouts a day. I spoke to my boss yesterday. Apparently I'm going to be getting a free trip to the Poconos and uh, doing a Tough mutter with him. So we're going to go do a Tough mutter together. So that's really good. I've been staying really physically active. And I know that's been really good for my mental health. Um, so that's something I'm doing. Um, trying to do some meditation, center myself. Um, you know, I stay busy with work. Um, there's plenty of things for me to do there. Um, staying on top of, you know, just cleaning the house and keeping my mind busy and listening to other podcasts or, you know, and and reading books on audio books and just anything that's going to, um, bring a new aspect to my, my learning of my own, um, state of mind now. You know uh when you've gone through as many years of of narcissistic abuse as as i have you your brain functionality and everything your brain physically or not physically but but literally changes like the makeup of your brain starts to change and it can really start to have a negative impact on your on your physical well-being as well Uh, depression Um, sometimes i get depression or anxiety to the point where i feel debilitated so if I'm not moving and I'm not staying active, I'm, I feel like I just, I want to crawl in a hole and die at times. Um, that's some of that CPTSD, some of that trauma. Um, so when my narcissist says to me, um, I know you dug up a lot of my yard. There's $12,000 worth of flowers back there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, that, the, and then that and then follows it up with, I have videotape. I have video of the yard, so don't tell me you didn't do it. That's an intimidation. She's trying to intimidate me. She's not supposed to be on the property without my knowledge. Um, So I said that to her. How did you procure this video? Because you're making it seem like either you were there or someone else was there. Um, and I did meet with her mother, um, a few weeks back at the house, and we went over some of the things in the house that need to be fixed, and apparently her mother took the video of the backyard of what I dug up, and she was like, well, don't dig, don't dig up any more. Still has things back here. Um, still has things back here. So, well... Yeah, well, I, I I did. I dug it up, and she shouldn't have anything back here because she already got it out, right? Like, that was my understanding. And then, you know, she, the mother-in-law um, said, I, I went back to emails where she was texting me, harassing me, saying, like, why haven't you done anything to the yard yet? And this was back in November before I even moved into the house. She was wondering why I hadn't done any work to the house. So clearly something changed to where all of a sudden, the ex was like, oh, there's more things that are there that I want. And now the weather's getting nice, and he still hasn't done work on it. So now I'm changing the game. And it doesn't matter, because she can change the game whenever she wants. Even though she's, it's already been agreed to that I am going to be in charge of doing the lawn. Now she wants me to give her an estimate, even though she already agreed that I was going to be in charge of taking care of any updates that need to be done to the house. And any expenses that were to be spent we're going to be separated 50/50 at the after the sale of the house and now she's claiming that I can't do anything to the house unless I give her an estimate. So there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of games being played right now. Um, <clears throat> another one is um, she keeps claiming that when the boys come over that they are leaving things at my house and that she wants them back, but she doesn't give me details as to what they are, but she is making sure to document that they're leaving, they're at drop off, she's missing items. And now the big ones that she's really focusing on, and I, and I always message her and say, well, what items are you missing? Because I do a thorough search of where everything is in the house and I know exactly what's there and what's not. So what items are missing, I'll look for them. She can't give me an answer. I know she can't give me an answer because she's full of shit. So I call her out on it and ask her and then she goes silent. Um, she just wants it documented that this is happening. Just to have it documented. You know? Um, and then the uh, the big one right now is masks. Um, and she's saying that she has $35 masks and $40 masks that are missing and stuff like that. It's like, in my mind, I'm, I I don't say this, but First of all, why the fuck do you have a $35 mask? Like that sounds like a really poor use of my support payments to you buying 35 or $40 masks, unless it's like a straight up gas mask or something that's going to 1 million percent protect you from COVID, which it's not. It's a stylistic, you know, silk mask on the outside, um, Allegedly, these silk masks that she's purchased are like custom made, and they're 35 to $40 per mask, and they're all missing all of a sudden. Um, they must all be at your house, because ever since we started doing pick-up and drop-offs, the masks have been disappearing. It's like, well, they're not here. So I've already looked. I've been thorough. I'm very cautious about their masks and them taking them off and bringing them back. And I am. I legitimately am. It's like, hey, don't lose the mask. Hey, let's let's all put the masks right here. They're they when we come in the door, they're always in the same spot. I make sure to. I'm I'm actually the one that packs their stuff and I unpack their stuff. They don't really do shit. I, they kind of live like little kings when they're with me. I mean, maybe I'm overcompensating. I don't know, but I try to make. I'm trying to make the transition as easy as I possibly can for them. Um, through all this so it's kind of where I'm at so I know for a fact there's no masks but it's just like these these things and it's almost like gaslighting and it like gets you second guessing yourself and it makes you question am I crazy do I need to go look again and sending you on treasure hunts like we've talked about so now what am I supposed to do? go over there and spend a bunch of time searching for these things I'm not searching for shit I know it's not there. I'm not playing your your bullshit games. Like, it's not here. Um, there's a million places they could be. I'm not the reason that you've lost your things. So don't make me your scapegoat for your inability to know where your own shit is. And so this last week when I had them, I found masks four masks she said they had none and she put paper masks in their bags i found four masks in their backpacks and i said did you check their backpacks there's none in there i've already looked like i don't know they must all be at your house because i don't have any it's like well they're not there's nothing in my house that is theirs that they were supposed to bring back like there's there's not (laughs) so well okay well here's the masks you know, or here's the paper masks in in case they need it for anything. And then I get, you know, back to the house and I look in the backpacks and lo and behold, in little tiny pockets, because kids like to poke things in little pockets, I found four masks. And then I messaged her about it. Um, And my younger son left his necklace that he had on because he took a shower and I took the necklace off because I didn't want to turn his neck green. Took the necklace off. He got in the shower. I left the necklace there and she was like, Oh, well, you know, he's missing his necklace. Um, I'm going to need that back immediately. So whenever you can do that, that would be great. She lives 30 minutes away from me. She can fuck right off on that too. I'm not driving over to the house to go get a necklace, to drive it all the way out to her drive it all the way back and waste an hour and a half of my day for a necklace when I'm going to see them in a couple days. Completely irrational not going to do it, not going to do your treasure hunts. So I just, I didn't respond with much. I just responded with, you know, oh yes, I know the necklace is there. It's in a safe place. Um, I will make sure that he gets it back and brings it back at drop off. Um, And then I said, and also on a side note, I found four masks in their backpack. You said they had none. I just want to let you know, they were all in the backpack. I did a thorough search of the house. Which I did not. I just, for some reason I said that, you know, just to have it documented I think for courts to show that I'm not being an asshole. Um, there were no masks here, but I did find four masks in their backpack. Um, so, uh, then she, you know, said, there are no masks in the backpack. And so I said, look in the side pockets, you know, and then I gave the descriptions of the masks and the color and the style and the print. Um, and she never responded to that. And I basically said, um, I actually could read you the message while I'm on the phone here. That might be, um, interesting. Um, oh man, this podcast is kind of fun. I just, you know, I'm just like talking to a friend right now. There are no masks in either backpack, she said. As I have mentioned every week, we need masks returned. Not only is every silk mask gone, and then she made sure to put in in quotations, or in parentheses, uh, costing $40 per mask. Well, that's your own fucking stupid fault for buying $40 masks, let me tell you. Anyway, um, and then she said, now all of our cotton ones are missing too, which which they left with them last week. Please return all as soon as possible. Thanks. So she disregards the fact that I already told her multiple times that I don't have them. And she's still going to go ahead and push the envelope that it's my fault, shifting the blame, shifting the blame. So I just said, no, they are there. Check the side pockets, um, of the backpacks. Um, Our younger son had one on him upon return on his body. Our older son had one on him as well. Um, Neither of the ones that you gave me. Our older son had an orange and camouflage one placed in the side pocket of his backpack as well, as our younger son had a black one with stars in the side pocket of his bag. You said... They had none. I found all four in their bags, and none at the house. I checked thoroughly. Please stop telling me that I have them when I most definitely do not. I checked everywhere and am very diligent diligent about keeping tabs on their masks with me, as I have stated before. I do not appreciate this blame, as if I am the only way that masks could possibly go missing. This is the third time. You have said it to me, and it is the third time I have to defend myself and correct this misinformation. Please cease this conversation." Um, she did not respond. So that's good. Um, I mean, so I'm setting boundaries, I'm sticking up for myself, maybe I'm a little wordy, it seems to be effective. <sighs> um, And really the only other thing that's been going on as far as, as far as this, all this, you know, the, the drama that is my life, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more, but the only thing that I really wanted to mention was that my older son is, is of an age, he's turning 13, um, on the 19th of April. And, um, I bought him a cell phone. We had been talking about it. We discussed it. Um, my younger son has been using my old phone, but I don't let him take it with me, which was causing issues. So I ended up buying like a cheaper prepaid smartphone that he could kind of take between homes that doesn't have a plan to it. I mean, I just bought it. I'm not paying monthly for it. I'm just, he's just using it on Wi-Fi, So he just has that to play games and stuff every once in a while. Um, so that way he has a phone to go back and forth between homes, which started this whole argument a couple months ago. Um, well, how do you think that's going to make our older son feel like now you're getting our younger son a phone, but our older son still has this garbage S six that he's had for years. And now you're buying our younger son, a better phone than he has. You know, I was planning on getting him a phone for his birthday. And it's like, great, that's perfect. So we can get him a phone for his birthday. So I talked to my older son, talked about buying a phone for his birthday. Um, We decided what phone we picked it out. There's a deal on the phone. There always is when you add a new line, you know, $450 off the full retail price of the phone with trade in, um, you know, whatever. So the full retail of this phone is $950, but it's not really $950 because I'm getting a deal on it. And, you know, it's like $550. So that's, that's good. Um, and. I get a discount on my plan because of my employer. I get a really good discount. So it makes sense for it to be on my plan. So I just, you know, I picked it out. I know he talked to her about it um, because, you know, he asked me, hey, could you send me the video of the person reviewing the phone? So I sent it to him didn't hear anything back from her. At this point, I assume that she knew that I was getting the phone because he would have told her because he's excited about it. Um, and then my mother-in-law texted me, Hey, are you getting, um, him that phone that he wanted for his birthday? Um, and I said, yes. Um, and she goes, well, are you going to be putting it on my plan or your plan? And I'm like, well, I'm putting it on my plan. I get a bigger discount. That only makes sense. Um, so I know this is kind of elongated story, but it makes sense at the end. Um, so, um, you know, so basically I discussed it with her mother. If her mother is reaching out to me, she is acting as her agent. She has, her mother is her minion. My ex very much knows everything that's going on with what's going on for my son's birthday. So... Um, I told her that I would be ordering the phone when I have the boys for the two days. Um, and, um, she said, okay, that was pretty much it. Um, and then when my son got on the phone, when they were with me, we ordered the phone Then he got on the phone with my narcissist and he said, um, oh, Hey, by the way, we ordered the phone. Um, you know, and she kind of stopped and she goes, Really? you ordered the phone today? And he was like, yeah, why? He was like really excited about it. You could just see his face just kind of deflate like, oh shit, should I not have said anything? Like now I feel guilty. Like there's just this poor kid has so much blame and guilt and shame and fear when he was just trying to say something that was good. And she, the demeanor in her voice changes. She goes, oh, wow. Wow. Well, that's really inappropriate. Like that shouldn't have been done. He shouldn't have done that. That's really inappropriate. And I heard this and I go, excuse me, this is not what your time speaking to my children are, is supposed to be about. You're manipulating the situation. And I did nothing inappropriate. And then she was like, you do not talk to me like that. We stop calling me names and started talking over me. And it's like, stop manipulating my children. Stop manipulating my children. And then she hung up. Um, And so then I just text blasted her, um, through that, through that app again, um, which was probably a mistake. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but again, I'm putting my foot down, you know, these, some of these things need to be said. Um, and then she basically said that, you know, it was inappropriate and damaging and, For them to witness me yell and um you know it was never discussed with her and try to pretend like she knew nothing about it. And I'm like, you expect me to really believe that bullshit that you knew nothing about it? Um yeah, like I'm gonna believe that. So it went on and on. Bottom line is you know, she tried to convince me and gaslight me and make me believe that I was doing something inappropriate, which I clearly was not. Um, and I put my foot down and I said, no, I did nothing inappropriate. Like you, you would have known about this. There's, there's no way you didn't know about this. He was excited about it. Your mother contacted me. There's no way you didn't know about this. So, and then my son got a couple injuries. So she decided to throw that in there that every time they're at your house, They get injuries. He was skateboarding and he fell and he skinned his knee. And she makes it seem like I'm abusing them by the wording she uses every time they come back with bumps and bruises when they're with you. Um, So then I have to correct it because now she's attacking me and it's like, you know, that's, that's really dangerous language that I'm now going to have to defend myself. And I have to engage when she's basically saying that my kids are injured every single time they come over so super dangerous so it's like all he did was skateboard and he fell over so it's basically like well call cps on me then like what do you want what, you know i didn't say that but like what do you don't try to make it seem like i mean kids injure themselves kids get bumps and bruises my son was in the bathroom with me because he won't leave me alone when I'm going to take a poop. And my other son thought it would be really funny to throw the door open really quick and say, FBI, put your hands up. And the my younger son was close to the door and the doorknob slammed him right in the forehead. <clears throat> so that happened and he got a bruise on his forehead. Silly kid shit. Kids just do shit. They get hurt. That's what kids do, you know? Um, And she tries to make it seem like I'm abusing my children or something by her wording saying that they keep coming back with bumps and bruises. I'm just concerned about what's going on over there, you know, or something like that. So it's like, fuck you, you know, so I'm a little, I feel like I'm just reeling because it's just, you know, narcissists will attack you where you're vulnerable and they'll try to get you off your game, try to sidetrack you, try to, try to distract you, try to, you know leverage any any kind of thing they can to try to make you look like a bad person and then when you have that reactivity and you start being reactive um so you still have to be very careful like i'm i'm clearly fairly upset about this i haven't let it had it's still festering i haven't had as much time with a lot of these things that have happened to really digest and feel more calm about it. So it's kind of coming out in this podcast. So I'm sorry about that. But I mean, it's real. It's a real human emotion. You know, I mean, that's what we go through. We have good days and we have bad days. Not everything's gumdrops and lollipops. We're not always happy all the time. Like shit's fucked up. I'm fucked up. Like I still have a lot of reactivity towards this woman who's done some really heinous shit to me. And she's continuing to pester me. And I don't feel that there's a lot in place to stop it. So I'm doing my best and I'm setting up boundaries. And that's the most I can do at this point. So, um, yeah, um, I am proud of myself for setting up boundaries. And when that call happened, I said, And I've told her this before. I said, you are not to talk to me at pickup. You are not to speak to me at drop-off. You are not to speak about me to my children during your time with them. That is not what that time is for. Um, You have continuously um, taken advantage of the allotted time that we agreed to. And I have allowed that to happen because you have been in conversations with them. But I will not allow that to continue when you're going to be slandering me to my kids stating things that are inappropriate when they are absolutely not that will not be happening on my time so the next night she spoke to them and she made it exactly on time she didn't stay on longer she didn't say anything inappropriate so behaviors are changing but then you kind of constantly have to like knock them back into shape you know (laughs) move them back because they're going to do it again. Then they're going to do it again. They're going to test your boundaries and they're going to test your boundaries. And every time you set a boundary, that's a challenge for them to cross. That's just like, all right, motherfucker, I'm going to cross that shit. You just wait when you least expect it. I'm going to cross that shit. That's how narcissists think. So you got to always kind of be ready for it and just know what's going to happen unless you can go no contact. Clearly, if you can go no contact, please, for the love of God, go no contact. But if you can't, Just keep your guard up, try to center yourself, find things to do that can center yourself. That can give you some kind of peace, some kind of fulfillment outside of the chaos of having to deal with a narcissist and try to minimize your contact with them as much as possible. I pretty much have her in a really tiny box right now. Um, She's still finding a way to pester me and that's okay. I've got a lot of love. I've got a lot of support, I've got a lot of outlets, emotionally, um, I'm blessed to have a good job, um, I've got a lot of baggage that i got to figure out still, and I'm unpacking it all in these episodes, so um, thank you guys for listening, um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I didn't know this, but if you made it through this whole episode, um, if you could rate the show, and let me know what you're what you think um apparently that helps with listenership and <laughs> i did not know that so yeah if, if if you could be so kind as to rate the show um that will help bring in new listeners that it might be helpful for them as well um so this can just keep building and more people can um we can feel a community you know fill a community of, of of people that have kind of all gone through the same things um be great. I really appreciate it, everyone. Um, Have a good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening. Um, Love you guys. Appreciate it. Goodbye.